0: Hi, welcome to Perspective C, the power words, time, love, and suffering. This is Jonathan Gagerson, three time cancer survivor. I've been through 67 sessions of radiation, 64 sessions of chemo, actually just had my 65th, and I've been through seven surgeries, which one of them was about 15 hours long. And this all started back in 2019. And when I was diagnosed with a rare cancer that out of about 4 million people, only about 10 to 15 people get it every year, but I'm still smiling. Today, my purpose on my podcast today is I want to discuss with you some of the insights in my new book. My new book is titled Perspective C, The Power of Words, Time, Love, and Suffering by three-time cancer survivor Jonathan Gagerson. I'm excited to announce it's available on Amazon and, and Kindle and in paperback. And it's ready and uh, you can order it today and get it shipped to you right away. And I want to tell you right off the bat, every time a copy is sold and you read this book, you're going to gain such an insight. But also, when you purchase and support this book, you're helping me and others beat cancer. Because we have a big dream and a big vision of what we're going to do. Where we want to open something called Perspective C Retreat, and we'll tell you more about that down the road, but we got to take it step by step to get there. <clears throat> so my new book I want to talk to you about is it was on my heart to write about what I dealt with, because as I look back on my cancer journey that I'm still on, I, I really thought about so many things that were taking place and, and there were so many instances of stuff that was just like, is this really happening? And, and I found myself, just my mind being transformed from what it was to what it was gonna become. And that stage of going through of what it was to what it was gonna become <clears throat> was tough, tiresome, Involved a lot of soul searching, involved a lot of suffering, and, and then it involved a lot of what I would call like after effects of really trying to identify who I am now after cancer. And, and I'll share, I am a different person in many ways than I was before. And that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. So I sat down about 18 months ago and I started writing. And one of the hardest things about this is I had to relive a lot of what I had gone through and the suffering and the trauma I'd gone through from the physical aspects to the emotional aspects to the family aspects to to write about it. But I don't write about it from a standpoint that there's no self-pity in this book. There's nothing that I want to sit there and tell you is a woe is me book. That's not what this book is about. This book is not about sadness and want to make you sad and feel bad. This is a book actually that empowers you and and helps you understand the importance of time and and words and love and and then how we grow through suffering and how we can embrace suffering that really changes us and creates something very powerful if we embrace it. So as I had to write this book, I shed many, many tears. Many times I would be writing and then just have to stop and, and truly just take a moment and breathe because it was just so tough to, to write sometimes. But it's a book that I'm very proud of, and I'm very excited to share it with the world. I'm excited, and I truly believe that anybody who has been through an illness is going through an illness, know someone who is going through an illness or been through one, this is a book for them to read. As well as medical practitioners, this is a book you should pick up and read. If you're in medicine in any way whatsoever, this is a book you should read. You will gain so much insight that will help you just to understand your patients so much better. And, and, and what kind of going through the mind of someone who may be going through something like cancer journey. And so it's a book for everyone to read. And, and I have it on my heart. It's a huge goal that we want to move a million copies of this book. And through a million copies of this book, we want to go ahead and we're going to move mountains and we're going to create amazing, amazing change through this and, and help make the world a better place. And uh, and then create some um, amazing uh, retreats for people. So uh, today I wanted to talk to you about a little bit about the first principle in my book called the power of words. And 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 before I get into that, let me share with you that my book, the preface, was written by Dr. Brett Gilbert, who is a friend of mine, and we've met a few years ago, and he's based in Chicago. And and he helped me a lot with the content of the book and and keeping it on par and the messaging I wanted to send. And he wrote a a beautiful preface that when you open the book, I just want to encourage everybody to take the time to read the preface because it is powerful. And I want to thank Brett publicly for doing that for me. I couldn't have done this without you, Brett, and and for being there for me. I really genuinely thank you so much for that. But one of the first things in chapter one I call is called binding the diagnosis. And when I mean binding the diagnosis, some people are like, what do you mean by binding? I don't understand this word binding. Well, when we think of binding, we think of adhering, like holding it down, maybe with glue or adhesion, something that is, is bringing it together and forcing it where it can't move. You're binding it together. So when I say I, I I was binding the diagnosis, what I'm really talking about there, I was binding it saying it's not going any further. I'm I'm I understand what's happening here, and I need to take action, but I'm not going to fully accept that this is the end for me. And so, when I say binding the diagnosis, I literally would tell you that whenever you have any kind of illness or anything there. The first thing that I highly recommend is actually speak it out loud. Like I bind this. I'm gonna do what I need to do to take action, but I'm going to bind this. I am going to bind this. Okay? This is not gonna happen. I'm I'm going to make sure that I get through this. Something else that uh, I want to talk to you to about, you know, binding is also the power words of of speaking of what you want to happen. So One of the things that happened in May of 2019, when I got diagnosed, I chose to go to MD Anderson in Houston, which would require travel as I am based in Denver, Colorado. And I'm reading right from my book right now. This meant leaving our kids, finding a place to stay, etc. However, my wife and I were determined and convicted that this was the right place for us. Once we took action to get to Houston, the puzzle started to come together. My mom flew up from Florida to watch the kids, and the next day we started driving to Houston. My wife and I were telling each other that what we wanted is to meet with the surgeon who we had an appointment with on Monday and to have surgery that same week. We kept on confirming with each other that this is what we wanted. This is unheard of. Most surgeons are backed up a few weeks, so this was going to be a miracle. On our journey to Houston, we had the worst weather that started about an hour and a half into our drive. We had a hailstorm, and I don't mean just a little hailstorm. I mean the kind that you can't see a thing. The hail took over the road. You have to either come to a crawl or stop and wait it through. I crawled as slow as I could kept moving towards our goal of Houston. The storm broke loose even more as though it was trying to prevent us from continuing. Yet as I crawled on motivated by my own fear of my life ending sooner, the hail stopped. Then it rained, lightning, and thundered for the rest of the seven hours we drove. There were gusts of winds that pushed our car around. The weather was unrelenting. What should have taken us about six and a half hours to our first destination took us over nine. It literally rained the entire time, but we kept moving and continued to confirm what we would hope would happen, me getting surgery that same week. The next day, we woke up in a small town in Texas to sun shining and beautiful blue skies. It was as if the evildoer gave up on us and knew we were getting to Houston no matter what. Sunday evening, we rolled into Houston with hope and conviction that I was going to live through this. Monday morning came, and we pulled up to MD Anderson in Houston, 1515 Holcomb. At 8 a.m., parked and made our way to a CT scan, then headed up to the head and neck center to have an appointment with my surgeon. We waited in the exam room silent, I had nothing to say at this point, yet in my mind, I was still binding my diagnosis and speaking if I need surgery, that would be done this week. In an instant, the door knocked and the surgeon came in. Instantly, I knew not only because she was recommended to me, but because of her demeanor, she was the right person. My decision was even further confirmed as she thoroughly showed me my CT scan results and advised me that the team already spoke about the best course of action. She explained surgery first to remove the tumor, followed up by radiation and chemo after I healed from the surgery. She then spoke some words that my wife and I smiled at. She stated she had to cancel surgery for this Friday, and I do, want to take that, do I want to take that spot and have the surgery performed? I <laughs> immediately said yes. A miracle. This started the whirlwind of appointments leading up to surgery, but I had had my surgery that Friday and went home a few days later to heal. My point is, there's power of your words. See, I was binding the diagnosis that this is is not going to get me. This is not going to happen to me. Cancer is not going to take me. That's what I mean by binding the diagnosis. And when we start binding the diagnosis and then take action about what we want to do about it, a lot of things can come on our way to want to stop us. In this case, it was a hailstorm, thunder, lightning, wind, rain. How are we going to take care of our kids? All those aspects. But when we got through it and the next morning it was blue skies, we're like, we made it through, but we were still binding our diagnosis. And my wife and I, the entire time on the way to Houston, we were telling each other, we're gonna meet with a surgeon, we're gonna love the surgeon, and the surgeon's gonna look at us and say, I can do surgery this week. And we're gonna get that tumor out. That's what's gonna happen. We're not gonna have to wait. We're not gonna have to go back to Colorado for a bunch of weeks and do this and that. We're gonna be able to do the surgery. So when I went up to meet with a surgeon with my wife, who was with me, and we were there, And after the surgeon went over the CT scan and revealed to me everything that's happening and then shared with me about the canceled surgery and that she could do it on Friday, talk about a miracle. That was a miracle. And I believe it's because we truly spoke that into existence. We spoke, this is what we want to have happen. We spoke, this is what's going to take place. We spoke that I'm going to get surgery and I'm going to be healed. We spoke that cancer is not in my body, cancer is out of my body, yet I'm gonna do whatever I'm told I need to do to overcome it. That cancer is not gonna win. Cancer is gonna lose completely. Cancer cannot beat me. Cancer will not get me. Cancer will not keep me down. Cancer is just, this is just a formality. And it's the power of words. And because of those words that we spoke the whole time, I really truly believe we created a miracle to happen. And this miracle happened because there's power in words of what we speak that then forces come together and move. And and God made some amazing things happen. Where miracle happened, I had surgery on Friday. After the surgery, went home to the hotel in Houston where we are staying, And then I went home and, and recovered for several weeks before I'd have to come back and do radiation and chemo. But there's power in words in everything we do. And that's just binding the diagnosis. Which I want to tell you that if you're diagnosed with anything, one thing I want to tell you to do right now is bind it. Don't, don't, don't be in denial. That's not what this is. This is not deny the fact that you made diagnosis diagnosed with something. But it's bind the fact. So think about it that you're closing it in a, like a lockbox where it just can't go anywhere else. And that lockbox may be like on you, in you, wherever, but it's locked up. It can't move. It can't go anywhere. It can't do anything. And so because of that, you're going to win. But we have to bind the diagnosis, without a doubt. We have to bind the diagnosis. You know, something like this, think about it like this. This is right for my book. Think about it like this. Being locked down by duct tape with a tennis ball in your mouth yeah, it wasn't the most comfortable position. And then I heard, here we go. I braced, and even though I was told I would not feel anything, the radiation machine moved over my right side of my neck and then made a pass right under my chin. It literally took maybe five minutes, and then I was released from my mask and mouth guard. I rose from the table smiling. So what I what I want to say is, think about it like this, is, is when I was started the radiation and chemo the next phase of treatment I wanted to give you a little bit of example about what that was like and I had so much fear <coughs> excuse me I had so much fear about what radiation was gonna be like about what I was gonna feel how it was gonna be and honestly my first round of radiation the first 33 sessions they went very smooth I had very little side effects and but It was a truck. And, but every time I went in, I was using my word saying, this radiation is going to kill this cancer. And there's nothing they can do about it. It's going to kill the cancer. In addition to that radiation, you know, I had chemo happening at the same time. And they call this chemo radiation treatment. And so the chemo was about the same. I I wasn't sure how the side effects were going to be, what was going to happen. But I realized as long as I kept my very strict regimen of what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to do nutrition-wise, walking, moving, it really made a difference. And so something I realized is is that a lot of times the anticipation of what's going to come is worse than what it really is. And that was the case with radiation and chemo. It was the anticipation of it was tough. One of the things that also you know, happens is when we're diagnosed with something like this, we can immediately go down a negative path. And that negative path could then lead us down a further negative path and a further negative path and a further negative path. And, negative path. and the problem with that, as we keep going down that negative path, we can take ourselves all the way down into a terrible depression. So kind of like this, when I was informed it was cancer, I not only started to fall into thoughts about death, I also began to think of my kids without a dad, never seeing places that I always wanted to see. I thought of missing my kids' graduation, missing my daughter's performances. Even so, I felt the heartache of my wife remarrying and being intimate with someone else. It tore me up. I started to want to have conversations with everyone about if I die, what to do. If I had all of these thoughts revolving around death, yet no one had told me that was the case. One of my breakthroughs was when I saw a counselor at MD Anderson who gave me perspective. Her still words resonate today, stick to the facts. And that's something I wanted to tell you too. So you're going to bind the diagnosis, speak into existence of what you want, (laughs) but also Don't let the anticipation in your mind work to conjure up things that aren't real. Stick to the facts. And this counselor at MD Anderson, that was some of the best advice that I needed to hear, which was like, stick to the facts of what the doctors have told you. Stick to the facts. And at that time, none of the doctors have said, you have six months to live or 18 months to live or anything like that. They had told me that this is lethal and it can't kill you. And it will kill you if it's not treated. So that I knew. They didn't give me a time frame because they didn't know the time frame. And I never asked the time frame. I didn't want to know the time frame because I felt like if I had asked, how long do I have to live? Then I felt like that would become in my mind. And then I would start to accept I only have that long to live. Just like I never asked, what's the likelihood of recurrence or coming back? Because if I had got asked that, I'm going to get their answer of, This is when, how often it recurs or what this or that. And I'm like, I don't want to accept that either. I wanted to bind all that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And and I believe that each one of us are created in a great image and that we're the most complicated biomechanical machines around. So just because these statistics come out there and say, oh, it's likely this to recur, it's likely that to recur, this is going to happen. That doesn't mean that's true for every single person it could be very untrue for for people because we're a complicated biomechanical machine there's no way that a statistic can be true for every single person on this earth so i didn't ask questions about how long am i going to live what's the likelihood of it coming back what are all the terrible side effects am i going to you know i had a couple things i wanted to make sure hey after treatment you know, am I going to be able to, how long until I can kind of get back? You know, do I need to stay down low? What, 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 what's there? Okay. I had nutrition questions about any particular nutrition and supplements that they would recommend I take. I, I asked questions about that, but I never wanted to ask questions about how long to live. Was the likelihood of it coming back? Okay. And, and in their opinion, do they believe I'm going to survive? because I had to decide I was gonna survive. And I did not want to again, I did not want to accept anything because as soon as people started telling me that or doctors would start telling me that, then, then now I got to bind that and I got to fight those answers. and I got to fight those words. So it was better for me not to know. And that's a struggle for some people. A lot of times people, they, they don't like the unknown. They have to know. But I'm gonna encourage you, sometimes it really is better not to know. And be okay with the unknown. It's okay to be with the unknown. And so I was okay with the unknown. Because I decided I want to bind this. And I want to speak into existence up out of my mouth. And and let it go in my mind. Come out of my mouth, into my ears, into other people's ears. About this is what's going to happen. And here we are in 2024. I still do this today. I still do this today. I bind my diagnosis. I bind anything that I think comes in my mind that could be detrimental to what I want the outcome to be. Doesn't mean I don't accept that I need to do something. Doesn't mean I'm going to sit around and not take any action. But it does mean that I'm going to bind it and speak what I want. And these words are powerful. This is just a, a section but words with your kids, words with your spouse, words with your colleagues. Speaking what you want, and, and and these words are huge. Something else I want to share with you when when from my book, again, from Perspective C, I'm going to get to this other section here that I, I want to make sure. It's about protecting your mind. So words are very powerful, and we hear them, and they go into their mind. And I want to hit, share this with you. Here are some of the words that were shared with me when I got diagnosed. I had a neighbor. As soon as I got noticed, my neighbor and I were talking. I told him, yeah, I just got diagnosed with cancer. His first thing out of his mouth was, I had a friend who got cancer. And one month later, he was dead It went through his lymph nodes. You think I was happy to hear that? Another friend tells me, I knew a woman who was in great shape. She was a runner and was having a pain in her hip. She went to the doctor and they somehow discovered she had lung cancer. They started chemo, but the chemo just killed her. She died a year later. A coworker, so sorry, my aunt died of cancer. Another friend, cancer sucks. Most people die from it. A church friend, God gave you cancer for a reason. You must have done something wrong. Okay, now, I don't believe in a second that God would give you cancer because you've done something wrong. I, I don't agree with that statement at all. I believe that God can take the stinky stuff and turn it into a victory for us. So that I do believe. A neighbor, man, you look like crap. Isn't that really that nice of them? A complete stranger looked at me and said, who did you get in a fight with? Your eye is all swollen. My answer, cancer. I am winning. His response, my sister has cancer. Spread all to her bones and they are just doing what they can right now. Those are just some things that were said to me. So when those things were said to me, imagine my mind what I had to do. I had to protect my mind from these people who I knew telling me that they're basically saying, you're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna die. Could you imagine that? Being diagnosed with something, you share it with people, and the first thing out of their mouth is telling you everybody's gonna die. So I had to bind those words. I had to pack them up, put them in my lockbox, and say, I'm not accepting that. Now, the good news is, I did have some friends share with me some good stuff. A friend of mine said, John, you got this, man. If there's anyone I know who can beat this, it is you. Another neighbor said treatments have come so far. And in today's world, cancer does not mean a death sentence. My brother, I'm here for you. Keep positive. You got this. And my wife said, we will win this together. There, can you see what a difference it makes with the words we choose? Our individual words, and I'm reading right from my book again, our individual words can change the mindset of someone. When the negativity was spoken to me, I would begin to cry after the person left. The anxiety was immense. It would take me hours and sometimes days to recover. However, the reverse occurred when positivity was spoken. I would leave those conversations affirming my own winning attitude. So we have to be very conscious of our words. We have to be conscious of what we say to people but we also have to protect our mind and we have to bind those words many times when people say things that like, no, I'm not accepting this. So I'm gonna bind that and I'm gonna put it in that lockbox, lock it, tape it around a bunch of times, put it away and that's it because I'm not accepting that. And so as we go out and about today and we go out and about and listen to this podcast, one, I wanna encourage you, please go to Amazon right now, get a copy of my book, Perspective C by Jonathan Gagerson. It's on Amazon. If you type in perspective, then the letter C It's perspective, then the letter C, it'll come up with a red cover, three-time cancer survivor. Got many five-star reviews already. We just launched it. And get your copy. And, And let's support people who are suffering from cancer. Let's benefit yourself by reading a book and gaining a new perspective on these on on life and a new perspective on these four principles and and let's beat cancer together. help me and help others win again please I, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast with everybody you know. Our goal is to move a million copies of this book, help people gain a new perspective and help us beat cancer for good. I know that this book will save lives. I know that people suffering with illness will read this book. It'll save their life. It'll help them. I know people who are are being caregivers who read this book will help them to save lives. I know medical practitioners who read this book, they will be better doctors, nurses, because they've read this book. I want to thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Keep a lookout. That way you can know when the new episodes are coming up. Again, Go to Amazon.com, type in Perspective, the letter C by Jonathan Gegerson, a three-time cancer survivor. I'm here with this podcast, still doing my binding, being conscious of my words. And uh, once again, I've been through 67 sessions of radiation, 65 now cycles of chemo, seven significant surgeries, but I'm still smiling. Hope you have a great day, and thank you so much.